Welcome to Schmidt Happens, the only Schmidt podcast, the award-winning Schmidt podcast, award-winning um, in my own mind. I'm assuming we're going to get awards at some point. Um, welcome to our third episode. I'm sitting here with Gino D'Angelo out of our Petoskey office. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so we were talking real quick right before, like literally seconds before we started that you, you and I both listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, are there certain ones that you listen to? I mean, are, we were talking about real estate mm-hmm. ones. Do you listen to like entertainment type things too do you listen to mainly real estate like informative stuff or like wh- what are you listening to so i mainly listen to real estate and then there's a guy by the name of rich roll who does like uh he's like an ultra endurance athlete who does a really oh, good podcast and then somebody like uh tim ferris gets some really interesting guests oh, sure. because he's so big mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh those are really it sure tried and true <clears throat> so yeah so thanks for 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 doing this yeah thanks um, for having me so, uh, you want to give a little bit of background on yourself because you've been around for a while in real Long estate. Time. Is that fair? Yeah. yeah, this is my, I want to say it's my 18th year. Oh, geez. Which theoretically means I've spent half my life on real estate. <laughs> right. so I'm, I'm 36. I started when I was 18, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like I always tell people I'm one of the few people who, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a realtor. This really? Was in a retirement job or. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it was so, just it was just the quickest way. You know, when you grow up, I wanted to be a businessman and carry mm-hmm. a briefcase, and the quickest path to do that was real estate. Right, right. And it was you know sort of fortuitous because I started off selling. You know, my first year I sold one house, mm-hmm. and the next year five, and mm-hmm. then we've grown into a pretty big business. So what when you started? So you started like you said at eighteen, mm-hmm. which is basically I mean legally the youngest you can. The do le- it, right? yeah, 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 the, yeah, the legal the youngest, limit. Yeah. Um, what challenges did you face? And I know that you know eighteen years ago is two thousand two, give or. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, what challenges did you face, not in terms of technology or marketing, but just in terms of being an 18-year-old competing with people who have been doing it for 20 or 30 years or um, just the, the the hurdle of being that much younger than everyone? Yeah. When you're 18, not only are you trying to learn how to be a successful realtor, you're trying to learn how to be a person. Yeah. And just, you know, knowing what to say, when to say it, you know, mm-hmm. even things like how to dress, you know, not to right. wear untucked dress shirts right, at the right. office or, you know, I, I hate to admit this, but I guess it's been long enough now that, mm-hmm. you know, going through a purchase agreement and hoping they didn't ask me what this line meant because I, oh, I right. wasn't entirely yeah. sure myself. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, so, and that, and the, so I, I would imagine that's one of those things that just experience helped as you did it more and more. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff. Yeah. That and I've always been, in. I've always enjoyed learning. I've always been a big reader, mm-hmm. you know, again, back to podcasts. I think it's so fortunate. I think everybody should listen to podcasts, mm-hmm. whether you're a realtor or whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. There's just, you know, people out there giving their advice that's, you know, they're free. They don't cost yeah. anything. Oh, yeah. Well, and they're, and I mean, they're, enter- they're entertainment at the end of the yeah. day. They're entertaining. I mean, everything that we that I listen to is almost always in place of the radio. And right. you've got, I mean, I dro- drove to Traverse City. You drove from Petoskey mm-hmm. to Traverse City. You got a two and a half hour drive and we'll listen yeah. to podcasts. Right. And, and it's, it's great. So, right. um, so you are you've got a group now, right? You've got yeah. you've got an assistant, then you've got a, a what's Zach do? Is he just so, another agent on your team or Zach is Zach came onto the team as a buyer's agent. Gotcha. Okay. But he's sort of even this year already, he's starting to get more listings. So okay. okay. We're probably gonna drop the the tag of buyer's agent. And just call he's just an, an agent, agent right. Team, yeah. So um if you don't mind sharing, what was your volume last year? So last year we did twenty nineteen we did seventeen point three million in volume, okay. seventy units and about 520 in GCI. Jeez, nice. Well, yeah. well, and so, when, you know, when you brought on, did you bring on your, your buyer's agent first and then you brought on an assistant? In, so, just in the scheme of things, or what was the, what led you to, to make your team, to grow your team? You know, what, what was the point where you're like, I need help? So, truth be told, I probably, you know, I read The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, which mm-hmm. is a book about building teams. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I, and, and this is where you got to be careful about what you listen to because right. five years ago, everybody had to start a team. Right. And right. now, 
to fast forward, everybody now, now the message is everybody doesn't really need a team. So mm-hmm. I probably started a team when I didn't need to. I was doing, you know, thirty five transactions. I probably sure. just needed a good assistant. Right, right. Uh, we were I was heavily, we still are, we heavily advertise on Zillow. So those leads, okay. it was just I couldn't do them all myself. Mm-hmm. So um, to answer your question, why I started a team. I just feel that the consumer experience is so important now, mm-hmm. and when somebody calls, they need an immediate response. Sure. And I don't think you can do that at a high level by yourself. Sure. Um, yeah, and and kind of kind of along those lines, and this is maybe something we'll touch on later too. But um, the other thing that we talked about with podcasts is you need to trust the source that it's right. coming from. Right. Kind of like you said, five years ago, everyone was saying you got to have a team. And sometimes that just changes with the market, right? As right. things change, um, the best advice, the best practices change. Um, was there ever anything that you listened to that you feel like led you astray? That you listened to a podcast or a YouTuber, not YouTuber, you know, a video. Yeah, that absolutely. Kind of led, you know. So I think there's this sexy concept in this business about a, a team leader, say somebody such as myself, mm-hmm. what's called getting out of production. Meaning oh, sure. you just don't sell houses anymore. You, and everybody underneath you. Everybody under you, you know, okay. your job is you manage the team. And that sounds awesome until mm-hmm. what I've even learned recently. That, that was never really my goal. But what I've learned recently is once the lead agent gets out of production, it mm-hmm. becomes, the team becomes, it's very hard to, to be a profitable team. Sure. Because you have to pay your buyers, you know, your other agents right. so much. Right. There's just a lot of cost in this. Interesting. Okay. Um, and, you know, I, I know that you are... You, you at least follow Jeff Glover to a degree too. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And he seems, and I'm just asking more out of my own curiosity. He seems like someone who has done that sort of successfully. Does he still personally buy and sell? Yeah. Because so Jeff, he's everywhere. Yeah, Jeff in his um, Jeff in his heyday, like the top, he was selling 250 deals a year himself. Jeez. So he's, you know, I think he started the coaching thing, which I'm, you know, I'm heavily involved mm-hmm. with. And I think last year they did. He, I think he said he did. 90 deals mm-hmm. and now he's even himself and he's the first guy that says do not get out of production because right. he'll tell you he's got a 50 person team with admin staff and they do a thousand deals and the majority of his profit comes from what he sells wow so wow. he's you know he's stepped back in even a bigger role this year i think he's trying to do another you know, have a 200 transaction mm-hmm. year so so for someone and excuse me i don't and don't want you to speak for zach but i guess for a newer agent coming into real estate um and I'm sure it's always going to be case by case and situational. But is there what's the value in saying, "Hey, I'm going to join a team"? Sure. Um, because you know the, the downside that I hear a lot, um, and I've heard from people who were on a team and then mm-hmm. went solo, is the marketing aspect. Sure. It's hard to brand yourself um, as an agent, as an expert, when someone else's name is above you. Um, but obviously, there are dozens and dozens of pros that go with that. So, I mean, what what do you think the value there there is? So this is Zach's second year. No, he's going into a sorry, he's going into his third year in real estate. Okay. Okay. On the team. You know, he's he sold five million his first year. Oh seriously. Six million his second year. Jeez. You know, he'll probably do I'll bet he I'll bet he does eight or nine million this year. Wow. And wow. There are very few solo agents that jump into this business brand new. And can do that right so off. So it's a two way street. I mean, right. Zach is a very good salesman. Yeah. So I don't want to say this is all it's not all no, no, no. Of me. Sure. But so the the reason my relationship with Zach has worked so well is mm-hmm. he's plugged into the system. Mm-hmm. He's taken his skill set, plugged into the system, and that's resulted in a in a in a good partnership. Right. Right. Because I give Zach and um, Jeff Glover always talks about wealth determiners. Okay. You, you have to pay attention to who determines who you determine wealth for is the person that has to take care of you. Sure. So in essence, Zach determines wealth for me. Right. So I have a responsibility to make sure, sure. that he does, you know, the best well, that he can do. Right. So right. I give him, you know, a bunch of Zillow leads. I give mm-hmm. him, he can call me as much as he wants. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, right. you know, he has direct access to me. So if so you look this, at what, what Zach pays into the team, I mean, 
I think it's a very good value for what he gets. Well, and it sounds like, and correct me when I'm probably wrong, is, does he sort of operate independently in your team? Or, like, what is the relationship between team lead? Like, you know, any leads that come to him in his sphere are, are his leads. No, every, everything is treated the same. Gotcha. Whether cool. it's a Zillow lead or it's his, you know, okay, his mom cool. buying a house, which happened last year. Oh, cool. It's all part of it. You know, and because he, not only does he get the leads, he mm-hmm. gets, you know, my assistant's his right. assistant. Right. So he gets, you know, what, right. and that's another thing, what second year agent has a full time assistant yeah, exactly. that sets right. showing or shows houses for right. you. And so, um, Candace, I believe, is, is that Candace, our assistant. So, what, um, for you, what are the, the important parts? What are you looking for in an assistant? Like, what are the key things that they need to be able to do? Because they're taking calls. Mm-hmm. Um, are you saying they're even showing houses? Or they're showing they're, houses. Okay, yeah. so they're, she's yeah. licensed then? She or? is licensed. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm looking for, I'm a huge proponent of leverage, sure. meaning she does just about every single thing that I don't have to do. Sure. If it's not, right. you know, if right. it's not a value mm-hmm. creating activity, you know, mm-hmm. it's 100% her. That's cool. That's cool. So uh, switching gears um, kind of completely, you've touched on Zillow a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And I know just through conversations we've had, conversations in the, within the marketing group that you do a lot with Zillow. I do. Um, that I would imagine that's something that has been going on for a few years. So I guess I would say, I'd ask, talk to me about why you started, when and why you started with Zillow. And then we'll kind of move on to where it is now and your, and your thoughts on that. We started with Zillow. I started with Zillow back probably 10 years ago, spending sure. 70 bucks a month. Now, right. we're, now we're up to you know $3,000 right. a month. Right. The reason I started with Zillow is I moved <clears throat> into a new, I moved into Petoskey five years ago. Okay. And it's a, that's a very competitive market. Sure, yeah. And it's hard to break into, and Zillow is just the best way to do that. Sure. You know, you buy the leads, you get the buyers, and mm-hmm. somebody coming in from downstate to work at the hospital, they don't they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. They just, whoever answers the phone, they call Zillow. Right, right. And it's, become, it's just become a good business. I think, uh, I don't, you know, everybody thinks I, I love Zillow and I don't, but it's not going anywhere. So we can either sure. learn to work with it or... Yeah. You kind of got in early. Like mm-hmm. you said, paying 70. Now you're paying a few grand a month. Um, are you still getting the same value? No, absolutely not. Okay. If you're if you're jumping into Zillow now, if you're going to go heavy into Zillow now, you miss the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The ROI on Zillow leads has gotten, you know, it used to be five or six sure. you know, X. Now it's, you know with paying a buyer's agent. I don't want to say a break even, but it's not this like it's, sure. super profitable. Right, right. So the trick really becomes how do you take a Zillow lead? And, and I've been doing it long enough this mm-hmm. is starting to happen where you get, you know, they refer you somebody or sure. they sell the house they bought because sure. you have to set it up where you're going to you're not going to make a ton of money on the first deal, but right. on the second or third deal, yeah. you know, you will. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think you know, I, when I talk about social media to people whether it's in a training mm-hmm. or just in conversation, a, this happens a lot less than it used to, but one of the big pushbacks is like, okay, well, you're making, it's just, it's it's a millennial thing so that you don't have to talk to somebody, right? right? You can do a Facebook message, you can do a text. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's kind of the flip of that. It's that this is another avenue to get to know somebody. Right. This this technology and social and, and, and internet leads is just another way where you can build a relationship. This idea of a transitioning market mm-hmm. from cold leads or internet leads to marketing to your sphere. So, uh, you know, first question is how much, you know, when you look at your marketing plan or your lead generating plan, how much of that is people, are you marketing to people that you've worked with before? uh, And how much of it is people that you're marketing to, you know, cold leads, Zillow, farming an area, something like that. We're still trying to grow. I mean, we had a pretty Mm -hmm. good year last year and we're, um, we're not where we want to be at this point. So it's still 50, 50, I'd say, 50% 50% of our marketing budget is still Zillow, direct mm-hmm. mail, that sort of thing. And sure. we've started to 
you know, we started doing a lot more, a few more client events and that sort mm-hmm. of thing, which, you know, the bang from a bang for your buck standpoint, those are a pretty good ROI. Sure. Uh, so we're, we're starting to transition to that. We're, we're okay. just starting going from, you know, I was a big expired listing for sale by owner Zillow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when the market shifted, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like the REO agents when the market got better, that their business just went away. Right. And that's, right. you know, even expired listings. I was, I remember when you could call an expired listing, reduce the price 10 grand, take better pictures and it would sell. Right. I mean, now when those, those listings are, for the most part are getting to the expired status, sure. there's either a lack of motivation from the seller or there's something glaring, glaring. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the market. Is that there's it's something not, about I mean, the listing. And right? I tell yeah. people, if, you're, if your property's not selling now, if you're not happy with what it's going to sell for now, I mean, you're probably yeah, right. never going to be. Right. 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 So. Um, kind of going back to the ROI on Zillow, how, what do you, what is your ROI? You know, what, how many leads does it take? And then, uh, you know, to get an actual deal going and then how soon, you know, when a Zillow lead comes in on average, and I know it's a huge range, but on average from when they, when the lead submitted to when they actually are, you know, right. actively selling or buying, what's, the, what's that time? Three to six months. Okay. We do get some that, and it's really, if a lead comes in like mm-hmm. now, they're mm-hmm. often going to buy quicker. If it sure. comes in in the fall. You know, sure, sure. More time. So what do you do to, uh, for lack of a better word, incubate those leads? How do you, do you is it an email campaign? Just a, just... We, we have a, we have a, a home search website, PodolskiHomeSearch.com, okay. Okay. that we just put them into and it drips on them, new properties. Oh, sweet. Okay. So, I mean, it's it's pretty set and forget it. We try and, to. Sure. And then, and then do they eventually, again, generally reach back out? Um, generally they do, or, okay. you know, a property pops up. You'll, you'll, you'll reach out to somebody for six months and nothing will happen. Mm-hmm. And then one day something will pop up they want to see and they come and see it. Whether as a new agent or as just an agent saying, I need to relook at my marketing plan. I need to do something new for 2020. Where do you see the value in spending dollars? Or not even spending dollars, but spending time? The people you know. Sure. The people you know. Those are the yeah. best leads. Those are the best deals. Mm-hmm. We had a situation one time where we had two very similar clients. One was a Zillow lead. One was somebody we knew. And the mm-hmm. whole trajectory of the process was different. The mm-hmm. whole process itself was different. Really? In what in what ways? It was just easier. It was oh, there, sure. people were less standoffish. There was mm-hmm. more of like a rapport. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like working with a friend versus working with somebody that like doesn't know you from anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, a realtor wants to send a postcard out today and get a listing tomorrow. Right. So much of right. what we do and this is the long term play, like Gary mm-hmm. Vee says. Mm-hmm. This is the long game. And oh if yeah. You, if you look yeah. at real estate as a long game, which hopefully we're all gonna be here forever. Right. I just think long term you'll be better you know, you'll be better off for having done the small things because one day right. if you you went through it a hundred times and one day somebody's going to call you. So it seems like a lot of this is kind of coming down to take care of the people that you know because right. they will remember you quicker. I mean, they'll, they'll remember you. They'll refer you. Um, if somebody were interested in a sort of, you know, like we said, a cold lead sort of program or cold lead marketing, do you have recommendations for that? Do you think that's something to shy away from or, or no. how would you? If I could, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of newer agents are going to be listening to this. I would say what I, if I could redo my career again, I yeah. would start off doing a really good job with the people I know yep. for sale by owner expire because those don't cost anything. Right. Everybody right. thinks you have to jump into this business and spend a ton of money. Right. And I think sometimes the fact that we have money to spend is a disadvantage because you feel like you have to do it. Yeah. If we have a problem to solve, we can just go buy more Zillow leads or buy right. more. What I should have done is before I started spending money on Zillow, I should have did a much better job with my past clients' sphere of influence. Sure. Learned how to master scripts and dialogue for mm-hmm. the expired FISBOs. And then when I got to like as many of those as I could get, mm-hmm. then buy the Zillow leads. So that brings up an interesting point. And you, you said it offhand, but talking about scripts. Mm-hmm. Uh, scripts is another thing that I oftentimes hear sort of written off. Yep. Scripts don't work. Um, and, and 
my assumption is that uh, there are a lot of things like that that boil down to having to do work or mm-hmm. having to do something new that if I don't want to do it, I'm going to write it off and say it doesn't work. Oh, you, you know, using Zillow leads don't work. Facebook doesn't work. Scripts don't work. Um, what is your experience with scripts and how have you, uh, if at all, made those work for so you? So I've always, I, I believe in scripts because mm-hmm. when you're in the heat of the battle, you need to know what to say. Sure. Um, so last year in the, co- I was in, I did a couple of coaching programs last year and one of them, you know, I don't, remember I've been doing this for almost 20 years. Sure. I sell a ton and you're of still houses. coaching. You're still getting coached. Getting coached. And right. I, I hand writ a listing presentation, the for sale by owner script, the really? expired script every day for 30 days. Wow. So if I'm, and I always tell people this, if I'm doing it, the guy that's selling 10 houses a year. Sure. You think maybe right. they should do it. Right. right. And when I, and, and it's like, remember in high school or college or wherever, mm-hmm. you know, when you really studied for a test, when the test came, you were ready for it. Right. You didn't. And it's the same thing. You're not you're not calling expired listings or for sale by owners or even your sphere because you don't know what to say to them. Right. So why don't right. you go figure out what to say to them and right. then everybody's life is easier. When the house was going to sell, where were you moving to? Sure. Like, that's a script, but nobody thinks when you say that right. that's a script. Or, right. hey, why are you selling the house? Or, well, that's a good point. I guess when I think of scripts, you are thinking of um, a pitch almost, right? Mm-hmm. Here are the five or ten lines that describe why you should work with me and why I'm great and try to convince you to sell a home. But when you're asking questions, you're... First of all, you're prompting information, but secondly, you're engaging with them, and ideally, you're listening to them. You're getting, you know, right. You're That's one of the board. biggest shifts I made when I started diving into scripts was mm-hmm. instead of calling an expired listing or sale by owner telling them how great you are, find right. out, flip, turn the table to find out what's important to them. Sure, right. Build a rapport, sure. stay in front of them, um, and that just boils back down to the relationship. Yeah, because I mean, you, it. it makes complete sense. You know, if you call an expired listing and you say, "Hey, why, you know, why are we selling the home?" and they're like. I've got to be, I got a job transfer to Ohio. I got to be there in 30 days. You right. Know, that's a hot lead. You have right. to go, yeah. treat them differently yeah. than the guy that said, Hey, I'm just testing the market or see what's going on. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I think, and this is, I, I don't want to keep talking about Jeff, but uh, what I think he does a really good job of is reminding us we are salespeople. Everybody right. wants to be a real estate consultant or a marketing expert. Right. We're salespeople. Right. And I think if you can embrace that and adopt that, you're going to do well in the business. We've touched on a couple things like this, but you know, People love takeaways from stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, what is one thing all agents should be doing right now in this market, in this current climate? Is there any sort of marketing or business practice that we're like, whether you're new, whether you've been in it for five years or 30, what should we be doing? Two things. Stay in front of your past clients, people that know you. Yep. That, that, that's the easiest business you ever, and it costs nothing. Yeah. And really sharpening your sales skills. Okay. It's not sexy. Right. You know, right. I always joke the first thing there's like you never see an Instagram they have like the starter pack yeah yeah it's like the new <laughs> yeah, I, there's right. a new agent starter pack it's the out of town cell phone uh-huh. the business Facebook the Facebook business page uh-huh. and then like the other you know five things don't spend any right. money just do the just do the work <laughs> right, right right and that's yeah. You know, because it doesn't do you any good to spend money on Zillow leads if you don't know what to say when they call. Right. Right. So right. I mean, yeah. know what you're doing. You yeah. Sharpen your sales skills, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, and you can go on MikeFerry.com or Jeff's page and just right. download the scripts and read them. I mean, this is, yeah. that's what I did for years before. Well, that's I the thing coaching. with a lot of these, you know, with a lot of these coaches or just um, valuable sources, they'll put stuff out there yeah, for, for free. free. Most of it's free. I mean, right. I think, I think Gary Vee says, is it give the house away for free and then charge for the backyard? All of this stuff's out there for free, but if you don't apply it, um, then you're not going to do it. Can I add one thing to that? Uh, please, yeah. The thing, uh, to back it up even further, when you really need to start, it's something I, I've started working on, is really the mindset. You know, sure. if you, you have to stop believing, you know, I hope I don't offend anybody. You have right. to stop believing that $100,000 is a lot of money. Because right. if you think $100,000 is a lot of money, you're never going to make more than that. You know, we're so fortunate to have the ability to make the money we make with the hours we work. Yeah. You know, 
if you want to go somewhere, I mean, I, if I want to take an afternoon off, I just go, you know, right. you know and I still right. make a very good living. And I think yeah. we have to maximize how good of a situation this is because right. I have a feeling this may not be like this forever. One right. day somebody could disrupt us yeah. and we could, you know, have a lot different ball game. Um, one question I had, and this might be a, might be a non-answer to this sort of question, okay. but whether you are brand new to real mm-hmm. estate or you are transitioning from a different career, how do you go about telling the people you know that you're in real estate now? Is it really as simple as just like, hey, just so you guys know, I'm you know transitioning to real estate. If you need anything, I'd love to help out. You know, is there some sort of other angle that you think you should? No, that's a great that question. Um, people are so distracted now. Mm-hmm. We did a we had a client event last week or maybe two weeks ago now, and Zach invited one of his clients that he knows very well. This is a sure. friend before real estate. Right, right. Didn't hear from, didn't hear from him. We had it at a local restaurant in Petoskey. The guy walks in, and we're like, "Oh, we didn't, you know, you didn't RSVP." And right. he said, "I'm just coming here for dinner. I didn't know this was." I didn't oh, sure. Right. He said, "I saw your right. text, but I was busy." And, right, right. And that's if that's somebody you know fairly well. Right. But people that you don't know very well are just you know ignoring you. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's just a multifaceted approach. I think you've got to reach out initially, say, hey, "This is what I'm doing." Mm-hmm. You know. Every time you list a house, mm-hmm. they should get a postcard. Just, right. You need to just start taking mind space that they know what you do. Right. And I think right. when I've had new people on my team, I've taken it for granted that everybody knows what I do. Sure. Right. I've been sure. doing it for so long. It's synonymous with, with yeah. who I am. Yeah. You just need to get to that point where they know what you do, but don't do it in a way that annoys them. Right? Um. So what the, the thing that we've been ending on for the past, I say sure. the past couple episodes, there's only been two, um, is uh, sort of twofold. And we've talked about one of these before, earlier, but what is the biggest or one of the biggest mistakes that you've made that you've learned from that you're just you just want that warning out there if there is any two things okay um starting a team for the wrong reason sure sure um luckily i learned along the way and corrected course now i have a team i'm super thankful to have the group i have yeah yeah but i think i got really lucky that i was sort of woken up at the point i was because if i would have perpetuated this it could have got to a pretty sure. bad situation sure because, right, right like i said we're doing well but you know one time i wanted to have an agent in every market and i learned oh, sure. very quickly that that's probably not going to be right you know stay lean and mean and, and grow um there's a, a real estate leader i found i'm not gonna say his name that i follow who says grow because you need to not because you know don't force growth sure don't yeah. add people well, just because, said, you just add because people. it looks sexy right, right. Yeah, yeah yeah uh the second thing is being in too big Letting your ego make your decisions. Sure. And I would say a lot of the mistakes that I made in this business were ego driven. Whether sure. it's wanting to see my name number one on Zillow, right, or wanting to have you know mm-hmm. the Gino D'Angelo group, right, um, right. Stop throwing money at everything. Sure. Because I've spent sure. a lot of money over the years, and most of it was not a great sure use of money. So on on that note, um, I have I have a similar. I would say uh, issue in terms of ego because yeah. at my old job I was publicly on YouTube videos on sure. a channel that had a huge following. You know, people, um, very small amount of people, but people wanted my autograph and wanted pictures of them, yeah. and that feels really cool. Yeah. Um, and then my she was Jeanette, who's you know my wife, yeah. she was my fiance at the time. Yeah. She would bring me right down to where yeah. I was supposed to be. So I, I I'm curious, does your wife kind of does she bring your ego back down to level, or like how did you? I guess the real question is, how do you snap yourself out of that? Just from really exposing my... First of all, I think maturity was some of it. Sure. I yes. was, you know, so yeah. It's a lot different when you're 30 or 28 than when you're... Right. I'm 36 now. Sure. Um, and just... It doesn't... It's not serving anything. And you're right. running around the world with a big ego, <laughs> you know, and spending money on dumb stuff all the time. Yeah. It's, you know, business. I mean, it's just enough... 
I guess I'm fortunate that I follow enough people that are doing more than me. Sure. So if these if this guy says you got to get rid of your ego, then I certainly need to get rid of it. Sure. Him. Right. And I think right. that's um and and I think also having people around me. Mm-hmm. When you start adding people on your team, it's got to start becoming much more about them than it is yeah. about you. If it's right. just if all I cared about was my name and mm-hmm. ran around um, mm-hmm. promoting myself, I don't know how happy Zach would be. Right. And, right. I, and I want Zach to be happy. Yeah. So I think yeah. sometimes you have to take a step back to let them mm-hmm. shine a little bit, which I'm perfectly fine with. Uh, so last sort of question. Um, I, one thing that we've people have loved that have listened to the early episodes is the horror story. Mm-hmm. Do you have a horror story? And obviously we're not naming names or, or whatever. Um, with an agent that you were working with on the other side that was horrible that a client, you know, that things just went wrong or that they were, you know, the client from hell. Like, do you have a horror story that is the one that you, you think of when, when that phrase comes up? I've thought about that since you asked me and I Uh I have two, one short one's long. Do you have time for both of them? Yeah, why not? So the short one is, um, it's sort of come full circle. (laughs) I was showing this house near this little community college in Petoskey Uh and I'm like walking in to like unlock the door. I I must've been a Zillow lead. I don't remember. I I didn't know the show very well. And I look over and there's this duplex uh-huh. and there's people fist fighting in the yard. <laughs> and I just thought, this is probably not going to be, you know, sure. who buys a house next to this run down <laughs> duplex. <laughs> right. and the, what makes the story even funnier is recently somebody bought that and converted into condos and now they're two $400,000 condos. Oh, seriously? So it went from people fist fighting in the yard right. seven years ago to now this luxury condo right, right. in Petoskey. <laughs> and uh, another horror story, this one just happened recently. We sold a house in Bay Harbor for mm-hmm. you know close to $2 million. Mm-hmm. Difficult, uh, difficult transaction all around. Sure. A little bit of elderly seller. Great lady, but a little bit difficult. Sure, um, sure. So we get down to closing. There's a little bit of occupancy after the guy takes possession. These crystal chandeliers are missing. There's two of them. Okay. So. Like, as in, he goes in and. He goes in, they're gone. Okay. The fixture okay. is supposed to stay. Gotcha. Was not gotcha. on the list of stuff she was taking. Okay. So we go, he goes in there. And I think the, 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 transit, the transaction had been contentious enough that I don't think it was like he was not feeling rainbows and hearts right, right. to begin with. So oh, those just real quick. Yeah, the chandeliers like, are missing, and we find out they're like $13,000 a piece. Oh, geez. So these guys, obviously, the $2 million buyer has a lawyer, so he right. calls his lawyer. So, <laughs> right. this, so this is like the day before Thanksgiving, he's calling me, just right. losing his mind because these chandeliers are gone. Right. And you were the seller. I was the listing the agent. Okay. Um, but sometimes in small communities, oh, like sure. I knew the buyer agent pretty well. Right, right. Uh, so he called me. He actually must have looked my name up because the first text came through coldermaker.com. Oh, okay. So he texted me upset that these chandeliers are there. So right. for like the next month, I'm trying to get them. So right. finally he calls his attorney. And I guess the statute is it's three times the value. So oh, these no way. So uh, chandeliers turned into 75000 so oh So this lady, like I could not get her to go get these chandeliers and send them back. That is she moved, not that she, was in, she was in Florida. She had, okay, all, her, she was in Miami. Gotcha. She had all her stuff shipped down there. Was gotcha. like, she was like an art collector, had like... <laughs> Storage units, I'm storage units. She's like, you know, I'll go. And she's elderly. She's like, I'll go. And they're, they're in a big box. Well, yeah. So she's like, you know, I'll go get them. I'll go get them. And she just never would. So he right. sends her a letter that says, hey, you know, if I don't have these by X date, you know, you're going to have to pay me $75,000. So miraculously, they show back up. Right. So, wow. <laughs> so the lesson we learned there is uh, personal property. You got to be careful. Well, and it's one of those things that we, I talked a little bit with um, Ryan and Jenny Craig about this last time with their horror story. There's only so much that you can control. I agree. Uh, whether it's you as the agent or talking, negotiating with the other mm-hmm. side, and some of it's just the people, <laughs> like right. some things like that. No, and that story, zero part of that 
problem was my problem. I, mean, I didn't right. cause oh, it. Oh, no, right. It's just your, you, you get stuck I mean, in the cross I mean, if I didn't care, I would have just said, hey, sue for 75 grand. It's better than me spending right. you know, the next month dealing with this. Right. But, I just, I felt but like it's also I, the kind of thing that people remember when you do that sort yeah, of, of thing. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, of course. So, so they miraculously turned they up. They miraculously turned up and <laughs> life goes on. Awesome. Well, thanks for, for doing this. Thanks for this, has been, this has been a, a lot of fun. Any of our regions, any of our offices, we want to connect each other. So... Um, if anybody ever wants to call me to ask anything, yeah, I mean, feel free. Awesome. I have no problem. Perfect. Well, thanks for doing this. Um, I'm sure, I'll see you around. Absolutely. Sometime. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And until next time.